You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning, brothers and sisters of Metro LA, and happy Sunday morning. Welcome to our service. Uh, this is a lesson portion of our service, so I'm super excited that you took the opportunity to join us today. You know, I want to say hello to all the families and friends uh, that's all around Los Angeles and really all around the globe that's joining us for our Sunday service today. Special hello, hello excuse me, to our brothers and sisters up in the San Francisco uh, Bay Area. Uh, welcome to our fellowship, guys. Guys, I'm honored to have the opportunity to lead our thoughts today with our lesson. Uh, as the screen says, my name is Bob Henley, and I'm a part of the Metro LA uh, region here in the Los Angeles Church, and it's my privilege and honor to lead our thoughts during the lesson today. You know, before we begin, uh, I just want to send out a special uh, uh, shout out to my wonderful wife, Renita. Uh, today is actually our 34th wedding anniversary. And so uh, I just want to let uh, my wife know that the bride of my dreams, uh, the most beautiful, the most spiritual, uh, she keeps the family together. She keeps me in order. Renita, you're a rock star. Thank you so much for just loving us with all your heart. Happy anniversary. Uh, let's go another 34 years. So amen. Well, family, uh, we're at a point in our lives, in our country, where most everything is opening back up from the pandemic uh, in our communities and in our work. So we're back to work full time. Things are opening up. Uh, we're getting back to as close to normal as possible. This is encouraging news. And, uh, you know, after going for a while, maybe 16 months, 14 months with the lockdown and the pandemic and uh, really stay at home orders, we're able to really be freed up now and get outside. Uh, it was like back in March of 2020, I think it was, that, man, someone flipped the open and close sign to close and the whole world shut down. I mean, everywhere you thought about was completely like a ghost town. I mean, the pictures you've seen of over in Paris and, and the Eiffel Tower and even in Vegas in the States, it was just no one on the streets, no one nowhere. The world closed down back then. And, you know, our country was really on the edge then. We were dealing with a lot of things during that time. Not only the pandemic, but we were dealing with, you know, issues with the stock market and the financial sectors. We were dealing with politics and, of course, uh, the elections where we were in the midst of. We were dealing with race relations and issues of inequality that we had to really confront head on during that time. You know, a lot of us lost our jobs and careers and, and, and family members who were affected by the virus and, and not only affected, but a lot of us unfortunately lost family members to this virus. And whether or not we want to admit it or not, man, a lot of us was towards the tail end of this pandemic. We were faced with a choice on whether to take the vaccine or not to take the vaccine. And that was your personal choice. But, man, it was just a very stressful time, you know, uh, during that uh, period. And hopefully you took away some things that you learned then. As believers, with all that that's going on, the last thing that we should have been doing was panicking. As believers, we should never panic because God is always in control. Amen. 
The first thing we should be doing, though, should have been doing was praying and being on our knees. So as you think about your default answers uh, to this past, you know, 16, 14 to 16 months, were you in a panic mode? Or were you simply praying to God that his will be done? You know, today, family, I want to talk about simply uh, what we choose to focus on will grow. What we choose to focus on will grow. If you can turn with me over in Philippians 4. I'm going to read Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Very familiar passage here. The Bible reads, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow, what an important verse for us, not only today, but as we think about the episode we just come out of in the pandemic This scripture really nails it for me. Not being anxious, not being worried about anything, but in every situation that we encountered by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. I think that with thanksgiving, God threw that in there so that we would always have God's perspective. See, with thanksgiving, doesn't matter what your circumstances were or circumstances is today. Man, with Thanksgiving brings about a, a perspective of God and you you become grateful because of that. With Thanksgiving, present your request to God. You know, family, when you think about it, uh, this is not the first time that the world has faced a pandemic. You know, illness and disease has always been a part of our human existence. Tra- tragedies and horrific events have taken place really Since the beginning of time, many of us are familiar that in 1918, the Spanish flu killed an estimated 50 million people. 1918 was not that long ago, but 50 million, 5-0 people lost their lives because of Spanish flu. How many of you guys remember the whole Y2K episode that was going on? In the year 2000, where all the computers was going to crash and take over the world. Now, how about the H1N1 virus, the swine flu, the bird flu, Ebola? And we can go on and on and on about pandemics and and illnesses and diseases that overtaken, you know, our society, our world. The world has been faced with pandemics before. It's nothing new. What I want to talk to you this morning about is throughout all these recent times, trying times that we've encountered, what did you focus on? Throughout all these times, what did you focus on? You know, we see here uh, a picture of a, of a pot with water in it, and it's watering the different pots there. And it says, what we choose to focus on will grow. And I really came up with the title from this picture. What we choose to focus on will grow. Man, have you been... Choosing to focus on love and and really providing nutrients and water and 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 fertilizing to that to that love bucket or the worry bucket. Have you been worried and you just can't, you know, get over the point of, man, what's going to happen to my life or you're warding the self-doubt, man, I'm no good. I'm not worthy. Are you warding the guilt bucket? Or the anxiety bucket. You know, personally, guys, I thought about we can really add a couple more buckets to this 
one here. We can add the bucket of, have you been watering the bucket of criticalness with the church? You know, the church just is not doing this right. Why are we not meeting right now? Other churches are meeting. Why are we not? Criticalness. How about the bucket of neg- negativity or lack of trust or pride? We can go on and on and on. But this morning, I want you to think about what we choose to focus on will grow. You know, the next slide I want you to think about is we need to keep our perspective on Christ. Not only during these past several months, but for the rest of our lives. And we need to learn how to pursue Christ, pursue him and not our feelings. See, overall, we're emotional creatures, you and I. We love deeply. We love each other deeply in the church. And because of that, we can get wounded deeply. We're emotional creatures, so we can be happy and sad. We can be angry and joyful. We can run the gamut with those emotions. And yet sometimes, you and I, we struggle with integrating emotions into our spiritual lives. And we end up falling victim to dangerous tendencies when it comes to our emotions. We see these tendencies for both at a personal level and at the corporate level, the church level as well. These tendencies we're going to talk about momentarily occupy both ends of the spectrum. And they lead many of us to having a superficial kind of Christianity. Having a superficial relationship with God. A relationship that is not deep, that is not real. It's because of these emotions and these spectrum of emotions we're going to talk about. One of these tendencies is emotionalism. Emotionalism is where we allow our feelings to interpret our circumstances and form our thoughts about God and the church. See, how you feel is how you view and relate to your relationship with God. So what I mean by that is this. Man, when, when we're up, we serve an awesome God because we're up. But when we're down, we, have, we might say things like, I don't even believe that, that God loves me. That's a dangerous place to be when we put our feelings before our faith. Man, our emotions can swing the pendulum one way or the other. But you know what? We've got to pursue Christ and not our feelings. Emotionalism is on that one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is being stoic, a stoicism, where faith is rooted in theology, but is void of any affection. Our faith is rooted in the Bible and theology, but it's void of any affection. This tendency removes feelings from faith completely. See, brothers and sisters, the church doesn't need men and women who can define repentance, who could quote scriptures from this, ver- this chapter and this verse, who can point out weaknesses and the areas of the shortcomings in the leadership of the church. What the church is in desperate need of is people who hate sin and love righteousness. And ultimately, people who want to see God glorified and honored on this earth in which we live. 
See, focusing on the things that allow the fellowship and the church to grow, because I'm convinced what we choose to focus on will grow. So focusing on things that will allow the fellowship and the church to grow will only happen if we focus on the things we can control. If we focus on the things you and I can control. I have a couple of things I want you to think about. Things that we can control because we want our church to continue to grow and to get better. Are we there yet? Absolutely not. But God is still in control. We need to focus on things we can control. Read with me over in scripture, Isaiah 55, and we'll start in verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I mean, how many of us, if you like me, has gotten it from time to time into this disease of, of that's called stinking thinking or have gotten a bad attitude. See, when I find myself in that pattern, I, I go back to scriptures like this. And this scripture really helps me because it reminds me to allow God to be God in all situations. Now, do I have questions that need to be answered? Why is this happening? Why are we doing that? Absolutely. Do I understand everything about the situation? Absolutely not. But that's why God is God and we are not. Because his thinking is not our way of thinking. The way I think, the way that you think, the way that we see things is not necessarily the way that God sees things. And so the things that we control is how we think about these things that sometimes we may not understand. And at the end of the day, we got to realize God is higher than I am. He still is in control. His thinking is not my thinking. I'm going to share my heart with my prayer and with other brothers and sisters. But at the end of the day, I need to control my thoughts, what I'm thinking, because they can turn south on us. We need to focus on controlling our thoughts. God is still sitting on the throne throughout of this. Not only we have to focus on the things we can control our thoughts, but another thing we need to focus on controlling is our temper. Read with me over in Galatians 5, very familiar scripture. And Galatians 5, starting in 22. The Bible reads, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control against such things. There is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Man, I agree with you. I think everyone that's looking at this service this morning will agree. The last year, year and a half has been extremely stressful to all of us. But hear me here, brothers and sisters, that does not and did not give you and I the license to lose our temper and sin. It didn't give us the license to blow up at our spouses or our kids or even other brothers and sisters in the church. It did not give us the license to just spew stuff about the leadership in the church. 
We've got to control the things we can control, and our temper is one of them. You know, if I hear about different situations in the fellowship, man, I think about, man, it's been a lot of episodes of, I call it the pressure cooker Christians. If you guys are a little bit uh, uh, seasoned like I am, I can remember back in the day, uh, my mom had this old school pressure cooker. And uh, we would put whatever she wanted to tenderize and cook in this pressure cooker, whether it was greens or or a form of meat. And once you put it in there, you had this heavy uh, top and you and it was interlocking. So you put it on and twisted it where it locked it. And then you had this little circular uh, gauge that you put on top and uh, you started to fire. And, you know, initially it was just getting hot. But the longer the contents heated up, the more noises that pressure cooker made. And sooner or later, man, that pressure cooker will let everybody that was close know, hey, it's ready to go. I'm ready. I'm about to pop. I'm about to blow. Man, a lot of us doing this time, and even maybe now, has become little pressure cookers in the church. Everything is getting under your skin. You're about to blow. In some cases, you did blow. It's like, wow, we need to learn how to control our tempers because that's where God is going to get the glory. And the final thing we need to learn how to control because we can control it is simply our tongues. Now, brothers and sisters, this is a big one. We need to learn how to control our tongues. Over in Ephesians 4, read with me in 29 to 32. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. We can stop right there and preach for about seven weeks on that, but let's keep going. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as Christ forgave you. See, often, brothers and sisters, the combination of our thoughts And our tempers can lead our tongues to get us in trouble. It can lead us to say things that we know are not right. How many of you out there think of a situation where you've put your foot in your mouth? I mean, I can put up, if I could, all, you know, my arms and my legs. Where, man, I've said stuff, and man, I wish I could go back and pull it back. And I, I heard it's, it's said that it's better to be silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. You know, we need to control our tongues, brothers and sisters, when it comes to our leadership. You know, too many of us out there just, you know, feel like we can go willy nilly and say anything about God's leaders. Now, I'm not saying our leaders are perfect. I'm not saying they don't have areas that, man, like we all do, they can grow in. What I am saying is we need to learn how to control our tongues and not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. You know, we need to control our tongues when it comes to brothers and sisters in the fellowship. I mean, I've heard some, you know, crazy stories. Well, Bob, you just don't understand. I'm like this because that brother or sister got me to be this way. 
You just don't know them. Watch your tongues. We can control that. So much gossip going on in the church, even in the pandemic, in the Zoom environment. <laughs> too much gossip going on. We need to learn how to control the things we can control, and our tongue is a big part of it. A lot of comments about the church is not doing this right or that right. It all comes down to, brothers and sisters, your vantage point. It comes down to your vantage point. See, the definition of a vantage point is a place from which something can be viewed. A place or situation affording some advantage. The quality of having a superior or more favorable position. You know, a couple years back, I don't know if you guys remember or not, but there was a movie called The Vantage Point starring Dennis Quaid and a couple more actors. I can't remember their names at this time, but the movie was about how during a historic counterterrorism summit, the president of the United States was struck down by an assassin's bullet. And the whole plot dealt with how eight strangers had the perfect view of of the assassination. But what they saw varied from person to person. Although there were only one event that took place, each person's account of this event was different. As the minutes leading up to the where the fatal shot was relayed or replayed, excuse me, through the eyes of each witness, the reality of assassination takes place. You know, vantage point. You know, if someone asks you, some of you out there this morning, what is your vantage point as it relates to God's church, Metro LA, or whatever spiritual community you're a part of as, at this moment? What is your vantage point? Will your response be, you know, God is still in control. We have issues. We're not perfect. We're imperfect people following a perfect savior. So we got some work to do. Would it be that answer? Or will your vantage point be, man, you know what? I, I, I think I'm going to pack my bags and head out. You know, because this leader and that leader and and that brother and that sister and, and this program, they're not worried about this ministry. And, and, and that person looked at me. F- I want you to think about what would be true. What is your vantage point of God's church this morning? Because what we decide, you and I, to focus on will grow. And I know all of us want to see God's church grow and prosper. But what is your vantage point this morning. You know, guys, uh, I do believe coming out this pandemic that God has major plans for his church. That God is going to take Metro LA and his church to new heights. I believe God is going to take us to places we've never been before, whether that's with growth whether that's with the finances, whether that's with different places where we can plant local churches. I think God has a plan that's going to take this church over the top. We're going to soar. But I do want to share this story with you. If you guys think about a picture of an American eagle, you know, I always think of the eagle, I think of the big beak and 
you know, the, the white hair up here and its massive wings and just, just, you know, menacing, you know, and look at you. It's like, oh, don't bite me. Don't try to pick me up and take me away. But the American eagle, did you know the only bird that would dare peck at an eagle is a crow? The only bird that would mess, dare mess with an eagle is a crow. See, the crow sits on the eagle's back and then he bites his neck. He pecks at his neck. So the crow waits for an opportunity, he gets on his back, and then he bites his neck. And he annoys and he tries to take him down. And the eagle does not respond. See, what the eagle does, does not respond or even fight the crow back. He simply opens his wings and begins to rise higher and higher and higher in the sky. The higher the eagle flies, the harder it is for the crow to breathe due to lack of oxygen. And finally, the crow falls away and the eagle is free from his nemesis. You know, let's stop wasting our time, brothers and sisters, with the crows of our life. Let's stop wasting our time with the challenges of our life. Better yet, let's not anyone that's looking at me today or viewing this service today. I pray that no one becomes a spiritual crow at this time. What I mean by that is this. As I stated earlier, I do believe God is going to take this church to new heights. We're going to soar. It's just the beginning. Let's not be like the crow in the family of God where we're just nagging at the church or the leadership and we're just pecking because eventually just like that crow this is my convictions brothers and sisters God is going to take the church so high I mean we're going to turn around and we're going to lose some people they're going to drop off and none of us want to see that happen so brothers and sisters let's choose to focus on the things we can focus on Let's choose to control our thoughts. Let's choose to control our tempers. Let's choose to control our tongues. Because God never blesses the unrighteousness in our thoughts or in our words. You know, I want to come to a landing here over in James 1. And uh, we'll start in verse 2. James 1, verse 2. What we choose to focus on will grow. James 1 verse 2 states, let me get there. Consider it joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Not lacking anything. See, that's the goal of any believer in God's church. To stay in a race. To really stay surrendered to God. Because the goal is to become mature and complete. So that we can see things through the lens of God. We can see things from perspective of our Lord and Savior. 
The, it says, consider it pure joy. How many of us can look back at this time of the pandemic and the shutdown and the stay-at-home order and say, man, you know, I fought it initially. I didn't like it in the beginning. But you know what? I learned a lot during that time. God was showing me so much about my character. That's what's me. I mean, God was showing me about, man, it's, it's things that you need to grow in and mature to become complete during that time. Because I couldn't turn nowhere else. Couldn't go to job. <laughs> couldn't see the brothers and sisters in the family at the church. We were Zoomed out at one point, became Zoom fatigued, like, ah. Uh, I think my record on one Sunday was I was in seven different Zoom meetings. So they started two before church and then five after service. So about eight o'clock that night. <laughs> Amen. About eight o'clock that night, I was getting off my last Zoom call. That was the day when I looked in the mirror and then I looked at my wife and said, I'm getting burned out on Zoom. But man, God was showing me stuff even then. But could you look back or can you look back and say, man, it was all joy. I count it all as gain because we know that the testing of our faith produces perseverance and perseverance finishes the work so that we can obtain maturity and completeness. You know, brothers and sisters, we're at the very young stage of the history of our church in Metro L.A. here. As I said earlier, God is going to continue to show up and show out. My prayer is for that all of you out there will stay close to God so that you can see the many victories that he provides us. So that you can be encouraged and your faith can be encouraged and you can reach across the aisle or reach to someone else to to share with them what God has done in your life. Even for me, as I started earlier, 34 years of marriage. I'm the youngest of nine. My family, a lot of my brothers and sisters, they just just didn't get married. They're together. They've been together 40 plus years, but they didn't get married. But the commitment that I've seen in God's church is the only reason why I'm able to stand here before you this morning and celebrate my anniversary with my wife of 34 years, three lovely kids. Because, you know, even at tough times, I count it all as joy. I see the lessons that God was trying to show me. And I chose to focus on the things that are right and the things that God desires. Therefore, he grew my family and my convictions. Guys, we, what we choose to focus on will grow. Hopefully today you got something out of the lesson. You know, this came about again because of that picture that I've seen. But I want you to really think about, man, what did I learn during this time of pandemic? Because, again, we're getting to a point where we're freed up. You know, I was at a grocery store today at, uh, close to my uh, job, and I go in. I had a mask on. <laughs> but I go in, and I probably was the only one that had a mask on. That was including the people that worked there. And I said, wow. That was just amazing to me. But when you look back at all that episode, does it put a smile on your face?
Or do you look back with disdain? Look back and I don't ever want to go back to those times. Do you look back and say, you know what? Yep, God, I love you then. I'm going to continue to love you now. I'm going to persevere and I'm going to give you all the glory and honor. Guys, let's focus on things that will grow. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters the most. To God be the glory. Super appreciative for this opportunity again to lead your thoughts on our Sunday service. Thank you again for joining us. Look forward to seeing you soon. To God be the glory. Take care. You've just listened to the Metro LA podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.